Let's do it. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the list. I am back and it is Brett. On the other end of the tin cannon string is one of our new Hollywood stars, Jordan, and of course Zach being the bigger star, both being on Hard Knocks this week. Jordan, how are you feeling? Uh, the side of my face is now famous. Um, I've had a couple agents reach out to me about possible uh, collaborations. Um, I don't know how to take in all the fame. Um, it's almost as much fame as I'm getting right now on Twitter. Um, with Buffalo Bills fans um, commenting over and over and over and over on a couple of things I've posted. Um, yeah, I'm doing great right now. Yeah, I've seen, I saw some of the responses the Bills fans were giving towards you. I will say this. Go, go, on, Twitter, Brett, go on Twitter and look at them in the last like nine minutes. I'll, do, I'll this, go ahead this and do, one guy, do that. Barry Gabruski. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> Yeah, I saw some of them. I was going to say, your wit level was at a 10. Theirs are at like a 2. It's very... It's like playing softball with a 3-year-old for you. It it almost can't be that much fun for you to talk to talk with them because it's just the intelligence level is so low. No, it's not. It's not fun. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you and Zach, like I said, you guys made the uh, Washington game. I wasn't... Unfortunately, not able to join you guys, but looked like you had a lot of fun. Saw you uh, were tailgating a bit and got to see an MVP level performance from both Tua and Tyreek. Yeah, shout out to Playoff Lenny. Uh, shout out to Jeff, uh, who gave us great hospitality. We talked about that uh, on the last episode, but it was a great time. It was it was one of the most comfortable feelings that I've ever had going into an away stadium. Um, and it was awesome to me to, to go in there and see the positivity that surrounds this Dolphins team. It was a lot of fun. Just just to say, too, uh, uh, I'm sure it looked like this from inside the stadium, but on TV and every shot they showed, uh, if I didn't know it was in FedEx Field, I would have thought this was a home game for Miami. That's exactly what I said to Zach. And Zach tried to downplay it on Monday. Um, but it, it felt like there were a lot of Dolphin fans. And as the day went on, um, and as the weather cooled down even more, um, and as uh, the Dolphins' lead got bigger and bigger, it seemed like uh, Commander fans started to file out quicker than usual, um, and it really became a Dolphins event. And, of course, we will get more into the Dolphins in a little bit. Uh, a couple of things that you and I have talked about uh, in the last couple of weeks, just wanted to hit on, because uh, as most of you know, I was not here on Monday, had a lot of big work stuff to take, and I was telling Jordan, I was telling you beforehand, I literally w- was up early, got home, got some Panera bread, and went to sleep by 6.30. Like, that's how stressed I was after everything at work. It went well, but I was tired, but I'm back and I'm refreshed. And going into another big weekend for Miami Dolphin football. But before we get into that, let's go back. I'm going to stop you there. I think what the people want to know right now is what did you have from Panera? The... uh Steak and horseradish sandwich. Okay, how was it? It was pretty good. Now I take the I, I don't like the onions, so I take the onions off and put cucumbers on. But it was it's pretty good sandwich. Definitely would recommend. I, I'm not a fan of the prices, but it's a pretty good sandwich. Do you put take the onions off and put cucumbers on yourself, or do you ask them to do that for you? Ask them to do that for me. Okay, just making sure. Yep. Now that that would be a little bit too much work and a little extra money, but uh. To go back to what I was going to say, we uh, spent a lot, lot last thir- Wednesday talking about the uh, college football playoffs, and I think we got what we were expecting. For those who don't know, Michigan's one, Washington's two, Texas is three, Alabama's four. Now, through our group, I've had to deal with crap of people saying I didn't want Bama. My you two didn't. comment, I didn't. Right then, but let me explain. I'm not scared of him. I'm not saying uh, we're winning. Zach, Zach, I want you to cut where Brett just said I didn't um, with my question, and we can tweet that out after the show. 
Okay. Brett's a giant pussy, okay? He is absolutely afraid of Michigan, and he knows it. He's admitted it in the past. Now that it's here, he's got to act up different, and I don't understand why. Well, he's afraid I don't know why Michigan. I'd be afraid of Michigan because I'm a <laughs> Michigan fan. Well, fuck. Maybe a little afraid of Bama. Fuck. But where Shit. my surprise was, I was expecting Bama to be three because I thought they'd want Harbaugh or Saban in the final or the opportunity of the final. The bigger shock to me was I didn't think they'd actually keep FSU out because they were undefeated. I thought it would come down to Texas or Bama, at which point I thought Texas would get it because they beat them. But I do think the right four teams are in, although how they explained it and the fact that the head of the selection committee actually went on TV and said, we take in consideration who you want to see play was not a good look for them. Fred, I'm getting word in the back uh, that you just said that Washington is the best team in the country. I do like Washington. I've been on the Michael Penix bandwagon all, all year, and Roma Dunze is my number two wide receiver. Um, I think they do beat Texas, but I don't know. I if think they beat Texas also. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say they're the number one team in the country, but I do like them a lot. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, if I'm one of those big schools, or if a big another big opening opens, Kalen DeBoer is the first person I call. Kind of surprised that uh, A&M didn't go after DeBoer. But no, I really do like what Washington is. And I've said for years, I think they're a sleeping giant. The Pacific Northwest is filled with talent. And with the uh, NIL deals and the transfer portal, there's no reason why they can't can't be competing every year. But did you uh, think they got the Final Four right? Um, I think it should have been uh, one Washington, two Texas, three Bama, and four FSU. Um, I think that Michigan cheated. Um, I don't think cheaters should be rewarded. I, I don't think cheaters should be rewarded with playoff spots. Like it's it's ridiculous. How do you you have a head coach suspended for three games? Next, and and you make the college football playoff. And not only do you make the college football playoff, but you get awarded the number one overall seed. How do you get given the number one overall seed and you're a cheater? I don't, I, I, it didn't make sense to me. It doesn't sit right with me. Um, I think if, I think one of two things, and, and taking this a little more seriously, um, I think that FSU not making the playoffs um, because I guess they didn't have a strong enough win. Um, should disqualify Jaden Daniels from winning the Heisman. Um, I think that they're discounting FSU's win against LSU. Um, and I think that the Heisman should go to Michael Penix. Um, that's just me. Um, I think that if Michael Penix doesn't win the Heisman, um, then the uh, Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis should be considered for the Heisman Trophy because of his sole injury kept an undefeated team from making the playoffs. That clearly means he's the most valuable player in college football this season. Um, so I'm all on board with Jordan Travis winning the Heisman Trophy. That's a fair take. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, I'm betting that Michigan diatribe was planned by you and Zach for a couple of days, which respect for it but not only do we get to reward it with the number one overall seed i don't know if you saw this but they are working on a five-year 55 million dollar contract for jim harbaugh so mr s and jordan can shut up about harbaugh going to the nfl unless he does and then i have egg on my face um you you know you know you're gonna lose to alabama right we'll see i'm not saying Haven's going to win another national championship. We'll see. You also know I will say this. I'll never let you forget it if it happens, and I don't even have a dog in the fight. Oh, if it happens, we'll oh, see. I might wear a Jalen Milrow jersey on a live show. Yeah. But uh, now the other thing they were going to say, the one thing I wanted to say about Florida State is everybody talks about the SEC. The SEC's best out-of-conference win was Kentucky over Louisville. And then FSU beat Louisville in the ACC title game. The SEC was actually down this year. Doesn't have a good out-of-conference record, and they don't really play many people out-of-conference anyway. So I'm not really arguing that Bama shouldn't be in there. I just think it's very tough to leave an undefeated ACC team out of the play- playoff. But um, I-, I said to you last week that I knew that if Alabama won, they were going to put them in. But in yeah. reality, um, by if you take all the team names out of it, and you simply look at resumes, 
Um, no SEC team should have made the playoff this year. It, it realistically should have been Michigan, Washington, um, Texas, and Florida State. Um, yeah, because yeah, even the thing to say is, even though Bama admittedly was playing very good towards the end of the season, you need a miracle play to beat a bad Auburn team. You struggle against right, a mediocre that, USF that. team. You struggle against a bad Arkansas team. So they're prisoners of the moment, and the SEC bias did come out. Not saying they're not going to win, because they absolutely could. Giving Nick Saban a month to prepare isn't fair in college. But, yeah, I just think I, – I thought we'd be having a discussion this week about Texas getting screwed, not FSU, just because FSU was undefeated. But what happens if – and this is why I don't really like what the playoff committee did. Now, I love being able to talk shit to the people in my life that like FSU. Um, as a UCF fan, there was some sort of sick enjoyment um, of watching this happen to what couldn't have been a nicer fan base. But I, I think you the way football works, you could go into the first round of the playoff and game one, play one, Michael Penix gets hurt. Yeah. Now what? Now what? Like, or are you going to stop the game and take Washington out of the playoff? I think you have to look at resumes and you can't really look at injuries. Um, the other thing they're saying, FSU's with their third string quarterback. Uh, Rodemaker would have been back by the time a, a semifinal game would have happened. Um, I think they missed the boat. I think I, because of cheating purposes, Michigan should have missed it. Um, but in reality, uh, FSU should have made the playoff. Um, and it's it's such a shame that they didn't. Um, I'm glad they're going to 12 teams next year. Um, I think it's a little less of a blow when you're talking about the 12th versus the 13th team. I think you're going to get all the conference champions. You're going to get the best power uh, group of five team. Um, and then the at-large teams will have, a, have this same debate. Uh, but I think you're never going to get an undefeated team that misses a playoff again. Um, so we're headed in the right direction. Unfortunately, we had to end on this bad taste in our mouth. Yeah. And of course, the funny thing for me is being in Big Ten country, what made the weekend even better was neither Ohio State or Penn State got a New Year's Day Bowl. So I had to listen to everybody bitch about Liberty uh, getting a group Liberty of... Liberty uh, yeah. made, made a group. SMU should have gotten that. So Well, they originally tweeted out they did, and then they had to go back on it. But yeah, I agree there. SMU is the better team. Liberty played one of the worst schedules in all of Division I football this year. Yeah. You're not, by putting Liberty in a New York, in a New Year's Six Bowl, you're not encouraging teams to play other good teams. No. So, and what you're basically encouraging is people to just take the money to join what's now becoming a two, maybe three conference system and say you're going to be a bad quote-unquote power five school get beat up maybe maybe you can compete every once every four years that's what you're looking to reward right now um and shout out to ucf who i believe um is getting quarterback grace and mccall from uh, coastal carolina which would be a big addition to ucf Yes, that's a good. I'm seeing conflicting reports on whether he actually committed or not. Um, however, if he does come to UCF, that would be huge for uh, the Knights. It would be, especially in a uh, year where the Big 12 will be open. Um, and for everybody who listens, we will be returning to our college picks next week with the bowl season starting up. Um, there are way too many bowls, as Mr. S would say, Jordan. But looking at the matchup, there are some fascinating matchups this year that I actually am looking forward to more than I think I have in a, quite a few years. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun uh, bowl season, um, culminating with the playoff. But it's, it's going to be a really fun time, and I think we should uh, take an episode, go through all the bowl games, um, and, and kind of talk about that. Maybe we take a couple a week as they're coming up. Yep. No, I agree with that. Uh, real quick, you kind of uh, hit on this earlier. Heisman finalists were announced. LSU's Jaden Daniels. Washington's Michael Penix, Oregon's Bo Nix, and somewhat surprisingly, Ohio State's Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, if you're looking as a pro prospect and maybe as a player overall, Harrison Jr. is arguably the best of the four. I think we can agree he's probably finishing fourth in the Heisman voting. Um, I would have said Jaden Daniels based off of his stats. So like, 
I don't think people realize how good Jane Daniels has been this year. His numbers are better than both Joe Burrows and his Heisman year and Caleb Williams last year. Bo Nix, I got to take out. Great stats, but I think I saw a stat this week that like 75% of his passes were, were within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So it's hard. Plus, you lose twice too, who I you said should win the Heisman of the finalists and who I agree. Someone I've been on all year, Michael Penix. Yeah, this is this award is going to come down to whether it's most valuable player or most outstanding player. Um, I did see a stat uh, about Jaden Daniel that kind of turned me off to Jaden Daniel a little bit. Um, over a thousand of Jaden Daniel's yards came against Grambling, Army, and Georgia State. Um, so maybe in the future we move towards. Um, yardage against Power 5 teams. That's the direction we're going to move. Um, I think LSU did a lot of stat padding in games they weren't that weren't really games. I think if this award is the most valuable player, I, I don't think anybody can argue that Washington wouldn't be the number two team in the country if Michael Penix wasn't their quarterback. I think, I think that the NCAA and the Heisman Committee is doing a huge disservice to the award itself if it goes to Jaden Daniels instead of Michael Penix. And I would be very, very disappointed if that happened. Yep. I kind of feel like when I was uh, watching the Pac-12 championship game, final Pac-12 championship game, it kind of hit to me that it felt like people forgot how good Washington was because they did beat Oregon. But then right after that game, Washington had injuries and were battling uh, illnesses all uh, year. So they weren't blowing people out, and Oregon just went to blowing people out. So I kind of get the impression people just forgot how good Washington was this year. Yeah, Washington was unbelievable. And the fact that they're underdogs again, I kept saying last week that Alabama-Washington parlay, you get both those teams as underdogs in games they shouldn't have been underdogs. This week, or this bowl season, uh, you're going to get Washington a great number against Texas. Yeah, I agree. I think Texas this team that I'm pretty sure without doing the research, I'm pretty sure Washington beat Texas in a bowl game last year. I think you're right. I, I do think you're right, but both of these teams, really all four of these teams are loaded with pro prospects. I'm, I'm expecting as we still have about a month to prepare for this one. I'm thankful it's not a new year's Eve because the last two new year's Eve's have been, have made me a little grumpy. So I'd rather be grumpy on new year's day than new year's Eve. But, uh, I'm expecting this to be probably the best playoff in a couple of years, uh, if not ever, just based off of this format, because it feels like these four teams should be equally matched. Uh, just to update, Washington beat Texas 27-20 in the Alamo Bowl. Michael Penix had 287 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Quinn Ewers had 369 and a touchdown. And just to look in the future... And- just a shout out to Mr. S. Quinn Ewers is his number one pick in 2025. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, you're good. To give Mr. S a shout out, he has Quinn Ewers as the number one player in 2025 draft. Well, can can Mr. S stop focusing on the 2025 NFL draft and get us a mock draft for 2024 on our website that the people can see? People, if you want mock draft, I am putting it out there now. So he does it. Mr. S is going to update the mock draft. You can find that on listpodcast.com. We will do we will update one in the next week, I promise. I I will I will be with him and help with the write up as enough. well. Fair enough. But uh off from college for now. It's a discussion I saw and like I was busy the last couple of days, but I I saw a discussion um head uh spearheaded by list member Steven Ruiz and someone I thought that was on the list and I don't really know his first name, but his his Twitter handle is PFF Moo. But these two are both guys who could not stand Tua as a player, could not stand as a prospect. What is up with the conversation this week about these quote-unquote experts saying anticipation from a quarterback is a bad thing? That's the biggest load of crock of shit I've ever heard in my life. That is absolutely ridiculous. There is no realm of life, nothing. We're having good anticipation is a negative. Find me one aspect of life, one area 
of the realm of Earth that having anticipation is a bad thing. Yes. I don't know. And like I've seen some people talk about on TV, good anticipation leads to is a big reason why Tyreek Hill is getting these historic numbers. It's because of how two is anticipating it, how quickly he's throwing it. But uh, yeah, I just was so confused by that discussion. And you as a, as a coach, Jordan, you had to have been really caught off guard that there's people who cover football that are trying to say that. It's ridiculous. It's just, it, it's, there's, I can't even go deep into it because it, it's so ridiculous to see that people are grasping at such straws um, to, to hate and to judge at this point. It's yep. ridiculous. Yeah. And even, it's not just two they're trying to do this to discredit Brock Purdy, who I think most people did not like as a prospect. Um, he was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason, but it's not just the talent around these guys. That's that's why they're putting up these numbers. You need the right quarterback in there. So some people just have to admit their takes were bad and that they were wrong. I I will be the first to say I in our preseason um, I had a lot of things I said right. You had a lot of things you said right. Um, but I think one of the areas that I missed the most or the biggest um, was that Brock Purdy would kind of. Not that he would be a bad quarterback, but that he wouldn't be um, one of the elite quarterbacks. And he might not – and I don't want to compare him to Brady, but I want to compare him to slightly older Brady in a sense. That the numbers he's putting up um, don't really translate to the quarterback that he is, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, no, Brock Purdy's a stud right now, and, and he's playing extremely well and has the 49ers in a position where they're looking like the favorites to win a Super Bowl. Yep. And uh, we had some breaking news this morning. Someone that we have criticized and praised this year quite a bit, Austin Jackson, signed a three-year extension. This came out of nowhere for me. Um, I think even on this show, I had resigned to the fact that Austin Jackson was having a good year, but he was probably going to get an, a deal similar to Mike McGlinchey in free agency because there's just a shortage of good tackles in the NFL. We got him at a very team-friendly deal. Three years, um, I believe it's $30 million over three years, 12 guaranteed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, I think you're a little off. It's uh, three years, $36 million. Uh, 21 guaranteed, but the 12 uh, max is... value is 39. Okay. I wasn't quite sure of the numbers without seeing them, but I, re- I do remember one thing that stuck out is we are paying Jackson less after the extension than we would have if we would have actually picked up his fifth-year option. Uh, right. It would have been uh, one year somewhere in the $14.5 million range. Um, I think 14.6 was the number. Uh, as opposed to the number we got him at, which is yep. a, a beautiful number. Yep, he's going to be the 10th highest paid right tackle as of now, 28th highest paid tackle in the NFL. And I, I can't believe we got him at this deal, honestly. Yes, this is his best year by far. It's not a full season. He has been injury prone. But to get a guy at 24 signing this deal, it. It's a it's a slam dunk by Chris Greer. Um, also, shout out to Mike McDaniel and Butch Berry for how they and Frank Smith for how they've developed uh, Austin Jackson this year. He even last year when he was hurt, he had no balance, and this year he's not giving up pressures. Yes, Tua makes him look better, but you can see the improvement in him. And also smart for Austin Jackson, this deal is going to be up when he's twenty seven. He's going to get at least one more, if not two more, big contracts for his career. Yeah, this is a great contract for the Dolphins, and this is a great contract um, for Austin Jackson himself. When looking at the tweet uh, that we put out uh, at, or the X, uh, the list fins pod on X, um, if you look at the guys that are at the top of that list, now I don't think anybody can make an argument uh, that Austin Jackson is similar to a guy like Laramie Tunzel, Andrew Thomas, Trent Williams, David Bakhtiari, Lane Johnson, Juwan Taylor. Ronnie Stanley, Ryan Ramchick. Um, but when you start getting into the Titus Howards, the Brian O'Neills, the Jake Matthews, the Cam Robinsons, the Colton Millers, uh, those guys are all making over $18 million a year. And I'd rather have 24-year-old Austin Jackson than them. 
Um, so I think it's a great deal for the Dolphins. Uh, I think it's a great deal for Austin Jackson, like you said. He gets back on the market when he's 27 um, and can get another very big contract. If he keeps progressing at this rate, I could see his next contract being in that Jawan Taylor $20 million range. Um, but he has stability in order to work to get to that point. This contract is a testament to what Austin Jackson did to transform his body um, and to commit to the system that we currently have. And, and shout out to Austin, uh, who's done a great, great job. And this is a very, very well-deserved contract. Yep, agree there. And I don't know if any, anybody else saw Tua's press conference uh, this afternoon. One, he was about to cry. He was so happy for Austin Jackson. So that's always good to see. Uh, but he also mentioned that there's a couple more extensions in the work. So it'll be interesting to see who all is joining Austin Jackson in getting long-term deals. So something to watch for as the season progresses on the back end and not on the football field. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I think that uh, this is a core that I think we know we want to keep together. Um, and it's just about finding a way to get them all under our umbrella uh, while also being able to still improve the roster as years go on. Yep. Now on to something that you said you wanted to do on this episode, something you saw on the Twitter slash X. So Jordan, why don't you take it away and explain what we are going to be doing? Yeah. So I'm going to go through uh, each team. Uh, maybe today we'll do the AFC next week. We could do the NFC. Um, it's a, a little Twitter or X trend. Um, I'm never going to get that right, by the way, ever. Yeah, I'm going to keep saying Twitter for the rest of the time. Um, I, I've seen a bunch of people do it, and I thought it was an interesting exercise, especially because um, there are less picks that we're going to be making on this episode. Um, but people are going down and listing their favorite player on every AFC team. Um, so we'll go. I'll go through the team. I'll throw it to you um, and see um, what you think, Brett. I have my list here. Um, we'll start. We'll actually start in Miami. Who's your favorite Miami Dolphin, Brett? Definitely Tua. Like, I know people will talk about how they liked him since he was in Bama, since the college football final where he came in and hit that pass to Smith. I've always been aware of Tua because I follow recruiting. So I had heard on all the website recruiting websites on ESPNU, on the radio, how this – kid from Hawaii was going to be the best quarterback Nick Saban ever got. And that ended up being true. He just destroyed records. And he's such a great guy. I was, it's weird. 2019 was an interesting year for me as a fan because I had fun watching us win, but I was also getting worried that we were going to miss out on a top quarterback. And we got to a, probably because of his hip injury, which sucked. But with all the tank for Tua talk, we saw the suck for luck campaign end poorly for us because we ended up winning late. We ended up with Ryan Tannehill. Could you imagine if things didn't go as we thought they would and we would have ended up with Justin Herbert? Where would we be now? But I tend to gravitate towards the quarterbacks, whether the actual quarterback or the quarterback on the defense, so like Zach Thomas back in the day. But I'm not a big fan of Jerome Baker, so... Two is my guy. Fair enough. Um, I so for some of these, I tried to go a little different, um, and try to kind of think outside the box. Some of them are going to be by the book. That's just the guy. Um, the guy I went for for the Dolphins is a guy whose jersey um is the most recent jersey I actually have. Um, and that's Javon Holland. Um, I love Javon Holland since the second the Dolphins drafted him. I was very high on him in the draft, but didn't necessarily think. He would be really in our range. Um, he's a guy whose dad was a coach. Uh, he's a guy who has added a tremendous, tremendous ability to our secondary, is a leader on and off the field, uh, has the ability to play special teams. I'm sure he could probably play offense if he wanted him to play offense. Um, Javon Holland is a guy that I want to be in Miami for a long time. Um, so I, I went with Javon Holland. Yeah, Holland was a guy I did like uh... – in college, but he opted out because of COVID, so he kind of forgot he was there. So then when we drafted him, because I remember in the draft, everybody wanted Javante Williams, and Denver traded up past us to get him. We got Hall, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, the next team on our list. These next couple are going to be uh, a little more difficult, uh, but um, and I'm going to lump them in together. Who's your favorite Patriot, your favorite Jet, and your favorite Buffalo Bill? Jet, I'll say Brees Hall. Just love his running style. Patriot, he's hurt, but I've always respected Matthew Judon. Bill, oof. I'll probably say, and it's a weird one because I always get pissed watching him play against us, but I will probably say Stefan Diggs just because I've always been a fan. I was a fan of him at Maryland because, and that's more of a regional thing. So Maryland's always tried to make Penn State their rival, and it's never worked. But Stephon Diggs went into it. He was refusing to shake the Penn State players' hands, refusing, like, trash-talking all week, and actually beat Penn State when he was there. So because he did that, and I loved him actually trying to stick it to the big bad that wasn't Michigan, I've always had respect for him. So those would be my three picks. Um, so I also went with Brees Hall. Um, it was funny because for me, uh, on the Jets, and it, it was hard to pick a player on each of these teams. Um, it was actually between Brees Hall and Bryce Hall. Um, so I went with Brees Hall. Uh, for the Patriots, I went with Kyle Duggar. Um, you'll see there's another big safety on this list that I picked. Um, I'm a fan of big safeties that could play in the box a little bit uh, that also have some versatility. Um, and then for the Bills, although I wanted to pick uh, Tyler Bass because he misses a lot of field goals and fuck the Bills, um, I went with Greg Russo. Um, he was a Kane. I'm not a Hurricanes fan, um, but he's a long edge that I liked coming out. A lot of these guys are going to be guys that I liked coming out of college in the draft um, that are now on these teams. Um, so Kyle Duggar, Reese Hall, Greg Russo. Um, Where are you we're on gonna to move, next? Uh, we are on to the AFC West. Um, so we'll start. We'll go rapid fire. Who is your favorite player on the Raiders? The Raiders, I don't know a lot of people on the Raiders anymore, but Josh Jacobs is always fun to watch. Uh, okay, Josh Jacobs. I went with Max Crosby. Oh, that's um, a good one, too. Yeah, I just I love Crosby. He's really come on as of this year, but he's a, he's a great player. Um, the Broncos? The Broncos, I will go with uh, PS2, Patrick Sertan, Sertan Jr. Yeah, I was going to go with him uh, simply because, obviously, his dad was a Dolphin, um, and I'm a big fan ever since he was in high school. Um, and that was a hard one for me to not pick. Um, but then I remembered uh, somebody I talked about a lot um, coming into uh, the trade deadline is Quinn Miners, um, the offensive lineman. Shout out to big, fat, hairy offensive lineman. Um, Quinn Myers, versatility, could play center, could play guard. Uh, he's my favorite Bronco. Who is your favorite Charger? Charger? It's going to be weird because I am going to Big Ten and to my team's biggest rival. I'm going Joey Bosa. Hey, Joey Bosa. Um, I actually went, this is another guy that I loved coming out of the draft, um, that I just like his style. I like fast linebackers. Um, so I went with Kenneth, Kenneth Murray. Um, I think Kenneth Murray uh, had... had a little bit of struggles his first couple of years, but it's starting to come on. Um, even though he plays for a struggling Chargers defense, um, Kenneth Murray was my selection. Uh, and then last but not least, I'll start us off with the Chiefs. This one is probably my favorite non-Dolphin in the NFL. Um, Isaiah Pacheco he is the most violent, angry runner um, that we have in the league right now. Uh, so I went with Pacheco as my favorite Chief. I want to go with Patty Mahomes, but that's too easy. So I'm going with someone I, again, loved on the recruiting trail, loved in the draft. I'm going to go with Willie Gay. Willie Gay. And another guy, another linebacker that I really wanted to pick for the Chiefs was uh, Nick Bolton. Uh, he's one of my favorite players there. Um, and then our, our last division. Um, well, we have two more. We have the North and no, the South. No, we got two more. I'm, I'm totally sorry. Uh, let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. So... The Ravens, oof, never been a big Ravens fan, especially because John Harbaugh, for whatever reason, hates the Dolphins and tries to run up the score every time. But 
I would probably say Kyle Hamilton. Ah, Kyle Hamilton. We have one that we uh, have in common there. I actually also picked um, Kyle Hamilton uh, as my pick. Um, as I'm getting mixed uh, reviews from uh, Mr. S in my uh, messages right now. Um, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this one was easy for me. It's a player who should have been a Dolphin when we passed on him for Charles Harris. That'd be TJ Watt. Uh, TJ Watt is a great choice. Um, the guy I went with was George Pickens. Um, I'm obviously a fan of physical receivers. Um, and I think Pickens uh, has an old school, old school mentality to him um, that I, I, I just love in a player. Um, the Bengals. So with the Bengals, I am going back to the quarterback and he is hurt right now. But the story of Joe Burrow coming as a backup from Ohio State, looking like a late round draft pick early in LSU, and then having arguably the greatest quarterback season of all time in college football, and then turning around the Bengals like he has. I just love the story. Hope he gets healthy, but Joe Burrow would be my choice there with the Bengals. Um, I actually also went with Burrow. Uh, I think that that was a relatively easy one and one of the ones to go by the book. Um, Burrow's one of the few quarterbacks I would trade to a four. Um, I would never trade to a right now because he's my baby. Um, and he's our collective baby as Dolphin fans. Um, but uh, I would go with uh, Joe Burrow there. And then uh, the last team in this division, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, I went with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Um, Joker, uh, I was sitting here practicing that name for about five minutes now uh, in anticipation a versatile linebacker, can cover. He was a guy that I really, really wanted the Dolphins to get in the draft. Uh, Joker is my favorite Brown. Yeah, Joker was definitely a guy a lot of people in our community wanted in the draft. Kind of surprising he fell to the second round. Um, going again with another injured player for the Browns, but it would be Nick Chubb. Again, just love the hard-nosed running style he brings. One of the best and underrated players in the NFL when healthy. So I am giving... Chubb, his love. And hopefully he gets back healthy. All right. And then our last uh, division here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the Houston Texans. So I will start out by saying love what CJ Stroud's doing. Absolutely love it. He's Ohio State, but I'm going with the Michigan man that's helping, that, helping him develop and helping my, fantasy, my one fantasy team, Nico Collins. He didn't get the respect I think he deserved while at Michigan and being a third round pick. And he's taken that step into a borderline number one receiver, big, tall, he's six, five, six, six receiver. It's big plays always makes the big catch. So I, I'm going with Nico, but also a shout out, another shout out to tank Dell who got hurt. And I loved him as a prospect as well. Um, I'm actually going to pick tank Dell. Um, I think that, Yes, C.J. Stroud is doing a lot. Um, but what Tank Dell has done over the last couple of weeks I mean, really improving throughout this season is unbelievable. Um, I watched him a lot at Houston being a UCF fan. Um, and Tank Dell has really surpassed uh, my expectations of what he'd be so quickly uh, in his NFL career. Um, three more here. Uh, we'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going with someone who shares the name of a division rivals quarterback, and that is Josh Allen. I was shocked in the draft when he fell to the Jaguars. I believe it was seventh or eighth overall, but absolutely very underrated pass rusher. Doesn't another guy who doesn't get the love he deserves. One of the elite young players in the league, but yeah, Josh Allen. Uh, we're going to start a span of two running backs that I'm going to pick here. Uh, the the first one being Travis Etienne. Um, I was a huge fan of him coming out of college. Um, another guy uh, that I thought I wanted the Dolphins to get, um, but unfortunately went with Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, got hurt his rookie year, um, and then really has come on since then. Um, so ETN is my favorite Jaguar. Um, my favorite Tennessee Titan um, is actually Tajay Spears, um, rookie running back Tulane. I watch him a lot in college. I have a brother at Tulane, um, and – with that young roster and that roster that's taking shape, I think Ty J. Spears is a, a guy to watch over the next couple of years. Um, but uh, 
kind of a second, a very close second to Jeffrey Simmons, um, who's a guy who I loved coming out of the draft, came out with an injury, um, and has, has really played above his draft slot um, and to his initial what should have been his draft slot. So shout out Jeffrey Simmons. My pick is Ty J Spears. Yep. Do love Jeffrey Simmons. Shout out to him. Um, another player I do like on that defense is Harold Landry. Loved him in the draft. But I'm going to be stubborn and go with someone I loved in the draft as wide receiver who has not lived up to the status and is someone who the Titans drafted after trading A.J. Brown. But I'm being stubborn. I still have faith in Traylon Burks. I loved his skill set coming out of Arkansas. He has battled injuries, but I do expect him in the next, probably next year to sort of break out and prove that he's not a bust. But that would be my choice. Uh, and then for our very last team, last but not least, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I went with a rookie, but not the rookie that uh, people probably think I'm going with. Um, I'm actually going to go with cornerback Juju Brents. Um, he was a second-round pick out of Kansas State, a 6'3 corner. Uh, I was a big fan of him coming out. Um, I thought the Dolphins should have picked him instead of Cam Smith. Um, I lo- I'm a big fan of long corners. I'm sure you can see a trend. Uh, big secondary guys, Kyle Duggar, Kyle Hamilton, uh, Juju Brents. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to develop into a very solid NFL player. Um, Juju Brents is my selection. My pick is Michael Pittman Jr., another guy from another in the long line of wide receivers from USC who always seem to fall into the second round and end up becoming good leaders and very good wide receivers along with someone else I love on a different team. I'm on Ross St. Brown. But I love what Pittman's done. I love what his leadership has meant to the Colts. And shout out to him for getting that game-winning touchdown to give the Colts, what is it, five in a row now? Or four in a row? Yeah, the Colts are playing very, very good football. Okay. And um, but that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. No, that was fun. It made me think a little bit about it. Looking forward to doing the NFC next week, probably. Um, as we move on, and this is going to be kind of a two-for-one. It's uh, going to be our NFL picks for the week, uh, but we're also going to, there's kind of a theme for most of them, and that goes with the discussion as we can now officially start talking about the battle for the one seed in the AFC. Kansas City lost. Baltimore didn't play. Jacksonville lost and may have lost their quarterback. So as we're getting closer to Miami looking like they're going to lock up the division, I think we only need two more wins and one loss from Buffalo. We're in that discussion that we can start looking at that one seed more seriously, in my opinion. So these picks all have impacts on that. So first of all, Jordan, do you agree with me right now that the Dolphins are the favorite to have the one seed? I think we are, but I think it's simply going to come down to who wins the Dolphins-Ravens game. I think we could say whatever we want, but but until we win um, at Baltimore on New Year's Eve, we we can't really talk. Well, let's start with the uh, Ravens with the first picks as we go to the Los Angeles Rams versus the Baltimore Ravens. I do think the Ravens are going to slip up a bit. Their offense still feels like something is missing, even though it is pl- they are playing better. And Zay Flowers is a guy that I really liked in the draft. It's funny how we always seem to like the uh, rookie wide receivers who are doing well, but he's definitely someone I felt was very much underdrafted and was semi-annoyed that the Ravens got. The Rams are playing a lot better than I think anybody thought they would. Uh, Puka Nakua is still having a great year. Matthew Stafford still showing when healthy. He is a top 10 quarterback, and Kyron Williams is a top running back this year. I don't think the Rams are winning this game. Um, I'm going with Baltimore. Um, so I'm also going to go with Baltimore. Uh, this game's in Baltimore. Uh, a team with a high seed. They're going to be very motivated to play this game. Um, but what I'm really interested in is... Uh, when you int- introduced this game, did you say that it was the Ravens versus the Chargers? I might have, but I didn't mean to. I was thinking Rams. Okay, I'm just checking. Yeah, it's keeping possible. You in, keeping you in check. Um, Ravens uh, win by nine. I think it'll be a bit more than that. I'm going to say 18. What's the, what's the point? Well, it looks like uh, the Ravens are minus seven and a half. Okay, I could see the Ravens winning by six if the line's seven and a half. On to the next game, which uh, I think this game is going to be ugly and not in the good ugly, more in the 
Patriots versus Chargers ugly. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns. And that's because we don't know the status of Trevor Lawrence. Um, didn't practice today. or Maybe it was limited. They're saying it was a high ankle sprain, but he was not moving well at the end of the game. I do think Jacksonville has been fairly overrated and one of those teams that are relying more on luck than being good, which sometimes you do admittedly have to be more lucky than good. Cleveland doesn't have a quarterback right now. They started Joe Flacco in 2023 last week. I don't know if they're going to be doing that again or if they're going back to DTR. But we talk about a a great defense, and I will take the Cleveland Browns defense over almost any defense in the league. They also do know what they want to be, no matter who the quarterback is, on offense, and that is a running team. And even with Nick Chubb out, you have Jerome Ford, who has had a couple big games, and they still do have uh, Kareem Hunt, I believe. I don't, I haven't noticed or heard his name as much recently, but because Cleveland knows what they want to do, and their defense is going to dominate no matter who they play. I am picking Cleveland to beat the Jaguars. Yeah, I think that Cleveland's going to win this game. Uh, I think motivation-wise, Jacksonville, um, first of all, they're 5-0 and on the road, and I don't think a team's going to not lose a game on the road. Um, Cleveland's a tougher place to play. Um, this is going to be a game that's low scoring. Uh, the over-under on this game is currently 30.5. Um, Cleveland's minus three. I think a lot of people are going to be betting Jacksonville. I think the Browns win by four points. 30.5 is the total, huh? 30.5. I don't know if they're even going to get to that, especially if Bathard plays. 30.5. Yeah. So. That's that's like an Iowa-type number. Yeah, even Iowa can't make that number half the time. But, uh. Next one is probably the game I'm most interested in outside of our game, and that is the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I went back and forth on this, honestly, and it's just because the Chiefs do not look good offensively. They do have, when they commit to Pacheco, they do have a running game. game running game that is very hard to stop to. Every time I see Pacheco run, it seems like he's getting at least five yards. Travis Kelsey's banged up. The receivers are inconsistent. The Chiefs are actually winning most of their games with defense. Buffalo seems to have figured stuff out offensively since getting rid of Ken Dorsey. Although, in fairness to Dorsey, they never looked... They never had trouble scoring. It was just being consistent. I'm going back and forth between picking with my heart and my gut. My gut says the Bills are going to win, but I'm going to pick with my heart because it helps the Dolphins. And I'm picking the Chiefs to win. The Chiefs win. The Dolphins just need to win two more games the rest of the year to lock up the AFC East. So I am picking with my heart Kansas City to beat Buffalo. Um, I am going to pick Kansas City. This is a tough spot for a Bills team that's 1-4 and four on the road, uh, that's really been struggling. I think that this is a game where the the wheels are going to start falling off for the Bills. I think the Chiefs actually win this game by two to three scores. Um, I think Pacheco has a huge day, uh, and I think that the Bills head to six and seven, um, looking very very bleak um, and looking like they'd probably need to win out to make the playoffs. Heading into two games against the Cowboys and the Chargers, that I don't even know they can win those. And then. The one game that does not affect the Dolphins, we have the Dallas Cowboys with the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles got destroyed by the 49ers this weekend. I was pretty confident in saying that was going to happen. It just feels like the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, and the Eagles have been living off of luck as well. And it was bound to catch up with them. Cowboys have been looking really good. You can make an argument that Dak Prescott's probably the MVP so far, or at this point, it feels like that changes every week doesn't feel like Dallas has figured out their running game yet, which I know they still want to do, but CeeDee Lamb has developed into a number one receiver. They've got a couple tight ends that are tough to beat, and then you also have Michael Gallup as a receiver as well. So Dallas is pretty loaded, and they're coming in confident. Dallas also feels like 
the AFC or the NFC version of the Dolphins, where the argument is, yeah, but who have they beaten? Which is a fair argument as well, but I think Dallas has more of a history showing that they do struggle against good teams. Much like the last game, I feel this will come down to coaching. And while I think the Eagles have the better head coach, I think Dallas has the better defensive coordinator and defensive coach. And that'll be the difference in the game. So I'm actually picking Dallas to beat the Eagles. I'm also going to pick Dallas to beat the Eagles. Um, It doesn't make me feel good to do it. Um, I think the Eagles will cover the game. I think Dallas wins the game by two on a late field goal. Um, But I think that this is is a game that Cowboys need a signature win. Um, I think a lot like the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins and the Cowboys – I have beaten a lot of the same teams. Um, and I think this is a game uh, the Cowboys uh, see as their biggest test of the season, their biggest game to the season. Um, and this is a game that they take. And uh, this was a rare occasion. We agreed on all of our picks uh, for NFL. That's not good. That's not good. So um, on the spot, let's just pull up the roster and, or the uh, schedule. And we'll do an on-the-spot wild card. Uh, we each pick one, Jordan. I'll let you go first. Um, well, you're letting me go first because you don't want to do the on-the-spot. Um, that's great gamesmanship. I like you know that. what? I'll do. I'll do this because I have the. T- I, I'm looking right now and I see the game I want to do. Panthers Saints random game. I told everybody earlier most of this week's matchups do kind of suck, so I do apologize for this. I'm actually picking the Panthers to go into New Orleans and get their second one over the Saints. The team didn't look good, but they look better without Frank Reich. Don't know if you read the athletic article that came out, just talked about all the confusion and infighting on the offense. I think a second week, having having a new coach, everybody back on the same page will make a difference. So my bold prediction, my on the spot, Carolina Panthers over the New Orleans Saints. One o'clock game, and then we t- start talking about the Saints having the clean house. Um, I'm going to go uh, with no other reasoning at all, just other than um, a feel uh, with the Raiders winning at home against the Vikings. Um, the Raiders are 4-2 and two at home. Vikings have lost two games in a row. Uh, it seems like the Josh Dobbs kind uh, of honeymoon um, has worn off a little bit. Um, I look for the Raiders – We've also lost two games in a row um, to bounce back at home uh, and get themselves to six and seven. So I'll pick the Raiders at home uh, to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Now on to the main event, which is your Miami Dolphins. My Miami, Miami Dolphins are Miami Dolphins on Monday night football against the Tennessee Titans. This is the second week in a row. I feel this is kind of a boring preview or maybe a third because the Jets wasn't really the most exciting either, but I'm picking the doll. I'll, I'll just say right away. I'm picking the dolphins. I don't think it's going to be specifically close. I think we're winning 35 to 13. Uh, Derek Henry's beat up. Apparently everybody thought he'd be in concussion protocol. That is not the case, but it looks like he will play. But uh, Simmons, it sounds like will not be playing, which is their best defender. It is not the only defender. The excuse me, the Titans have that is having a good year. They always have a good defense under Mike Vrabel. They do have Harold Landry, and I believe Arden Key as well. Is No, not Arden Key. Um, Well, he is there. They have Arden Key, but I didn't... It's not who I was thinking of. Harold Landry, they do have Harold Landry. It's not who I was thinking of. Uh, Danico Autry's also having a good year. That's who I was thinking of. Um, The secondary... Eh, it's not the best. Terrell Edmonds is there, and we already played Terrell Edmonds this year when he was with Philadelphia. They have Sean Murphy Bunting, who was okay during the Buccaneers Super Bowl run a couple years ago. But their offense is basically Derrick Henry and get out of the way. Uh, Tajay Spears, your favorite player for them, is a good backup, so he's going to hurt us as well. I'm not a fan of Will Levis. He is the close your eyes and throw type of quarterback. He doesn't have the wide receivers for that outside of Hopkins. 
I think our defense is well equipped to deal with what they do well. And I don't think their defense, as good as it is, can hang with our players. I feel that they're built more for ground and pound style and just to wear you out. So, yeah, I'm picking the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, I'm also going to pick the Dolphins. What do you think the score is going to be, Brett? Uh, 35-13. I'm going to go something similar. Uh, I'll go 38 uh, to, let's call it 38-10. to Um, The Titans are in a tough spot. They're going to have to play this game where they essentially just run the ball and run the clock. Um, With Jeffrey Simmons out, uh, this defense is going to take a really, really big hit. Um, And and I don't know, outside of their couple pass rushers, um, I don't know how they stay in this game. Um, The line is 13.5. It's Monday Night Football. There are two Monday Night Football games. Um, I just can't see this being the one um, that's a close game. I, I think the Dolphins win by a lot. I feel kind of bad because it just feels the Titans just feel like a boring team. Like they're they're a '90s offense. Like we always talk about '90s offense. They literally are what teams did in the '90s: three yards in a cloud of dust, hope to get a team off of play action, and it's just boring to talk about when it works. It's effective, but this is what the Steelers did. What the Patriots tried to do. It's just not a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, I think we're going to be able to run the ball when we want. I think we're going to be able to pass the ball when we want. Um, I, I think that this is one of those games, and I don't know if this is just the product of being a good team, um, but I think the Dolphins are going to have a lot of success, and I think we're going to come here on, I guess, what will be Tuesday of next week um, and discuss uh, how we're finally heading into um, – a stretch after the next Jet game uh, where we can talk about real basketball. Yeah. And if we win this, we're down to one more win needed. So I think everybody on Sunday is going to be paying attention to the Kansas City-Buffalo game because then we'll know exactly what we need to do and where we stand both with the division and with the number one seed. Absolutely. I think that's the bigger game for us than our game. Yeah. Yeah. Our game is going to be easy. Yeah, I would. This is one of those games, kind of like the Giants and the Raiders and the Panthers, where if we lose, you'll actually be pissed. Like, yeah, the Jets, Patriots, you'll be Bills, you'll be pissed as well. But those are division games. Weird things can happen in division games. These are games. It's like if you lose, it's what the hell happened? What happened? One hundred percent correct. Yep. So it's time to put people onto the list. Originally, we I'm excited were just, for this one. Yeah, so I'll take the one we originally had, and I'll let you take the second one. Um, uh, you can or do you both. want to do it the other way? Uh, Brett, Brett, you weren't here on Monday, um, and I want you to get some frustration out and some anger out. Why don't you take both of them this week? Okay. Uh, so the first one's going to be a little bit well, uh, pulled back, and it's Micah Parsons. I do like Micah. He's actually He and his family actually live a couple blocks away from me. Like, I've watched him play high school football, saw him play college at Penn State. Big fan of him. Glad he didn't go to Ohio State because there was a rumor going on then. Didn't like him going to Dallas, even though my little brother's a Dallas Cowboys fan. That's a separate issue we don't talk about. But he goes on his podcast this week and puts down Tua saying even he, as in Micah Parsons, could throw the ball to Tyreek and put up Tua numbers. I don't have two stats in front of me, but it has been proven by advanced stats that Tua actually performs better when Tyreek is off the field. So, Micah Parsons, you're going on the list because you just don't say stupid shit. Do not say you can do what Tua did when literally no quarterback has done what Tua is doing with Tyreek. And Tyreek has never done what he's doing when he had Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. And he, this could have been the second year he was doing it. He was on pace to get 2,000 large yards last year before Tua got hurt. And he had to deal with Teddy Two Gloves and Skylar Thompson as his quarterback. So, Micah, you just made the list because you're saying dumb stuff. Next name is someone who has, was on the original list. Is someone who, for a while, was polarizing 
in Miami Dolphins history, and that is our former head coach, Brian Flores. Now, there was a lot of differing opinions when we fired Flo because he had back-to-back winning seasons. As we've seen to a develop, it's become clear that Flo had no idea what he was doing. Now, why do we take now to put Flo on the list? And it goes back to, strangely enough, Austin Jackson's extension today. And back to Tua's press conference talking about it. And Tua took a legit shot at Flo. By saying, when talking about Austin Jackson, and this is paraphrasing, where he talks about how you hear what other people say to, say about you in meetings to teammates. You know it's not true, but it gets in your head and it becomes the common theme. So in short, and then he talks about how getting Mike, Mike coming in and his coaching staff and how Mike McDaniel and his staff built a, built, rebuilt both Tua and Austin Jackson. Jordan, are you noticing a trend here? This is now two... Brian, Brian Flores sucks? Yes. We, not that long ago, people were saying we wasted three first-round picks in 2020. Now, we did waste one because no egg behogamy is no longer here. But we have seen what Tua is without Flores, without Flores destroying his character. And he did destroy his character. You, you saw it. You heard it. You had beat writers like Mondo Salgaro, Omar Beasley, or Omar Kelly, Adam Beasley. I'm, I apologize I mixed their names up, cause they, but they both suck. Elaine Poopert. You have all these people going out of their way to trash Tua. You have so many people, that including guy, us. That guy's name, Poopart, still makes me yeah. laugh. It is very funny, and he's a shitty... His name's fitting because he has shitty takes. Just go, go on to X after a Dolphins game and see him argue with people about Tua, and you'll see how shitty his takes are. But... Two first-round picks have now proven their former head coach wrong. They have proven the narrative wrong. And it all goes to the fact that Brian Flores may be a great defensive quarter coordinator, but he is an awful head coach. He does not understand offense. And he almost ruined two, play, two young players' careers who now look like cornerstones of this franchise. Mr. S started the original list and went viral for it. He had Brian Flores on the list. He hated Brian Flores ever since Tua's rookie year when he benched Tua in the second half against Denver, and he was absolutely flow out during the Raiders game where Tua got benched again. He felt it was more important to build Tua up than to put Fitzpatrick in the game. May have disagreed in the moment, but it's a fair take because then we had to deal with Basically two off-seasons about how Tua sucks, how we need to replace him, how Justin Fields is better than Tua, how Taysom Hill is better than Tua, how Teddy Bridgewater is better than Tua, and now we know that that is all bullshit. So now that Tua respectfully is throwing Flo under the bus, and we see what Tua is without him, we see what Austin Jackson is without him, we see what Jalen Waddle is without him, it is time to put Brian Flores back on to the list because he almost ruined what will go down, arguably, is the best draft class in Miami Dolphins history. It's really ridiculous. And shout out again to this Dolphins regime that's kind of here right now that's making all these things happen. Um, Brian Flores is a clown, and it's simple as that. Um, and I'm not going to dig much further into it than that. And sadly, he might be in charge of Bryce Young's development starting next year. I'm sorry to Bryce. I am sorry, too. But it is time for us to end this episode. Going to be a bit of an extended break since, like you said, we play on Monday. Articles will be coming up on listpodcast.com. It sounds like we have some new writers coming up, and they have some great ideas. Jordan, what can we look forward to? two from you this week uh the first thing i'll say which actually just came out um a little bit ago um for the first time this season i don't know if you saw this brett or if i'm breaking this news to you uh for the first time this season the dolphins will be wearing aqua jerseys monday night 
You are breaking that news to me. Um, I I didn't see uh, officially that we're wearing it. However, the Titans put out that they're wearing white on baby blue, uh, which means that we are wearing uh, non-white jerseys for the first time this NFL season. Interesting. So um, that's me uh, there. Um, I just put up an article on listpodcast.com um, from our friendly AI who loves picking games, um, putting a new verbiage and new words in there, trying to get it um, to give me the best material possible. Um, and I think that that's cool every week. Um, and then I'll find something interesting to put up there uh, while I'm waiting for us to play by Monday night. So um, check out listpodcast.com, follow us on Twitter, uh, get in the Discord. You can get there through the website. Um, and keep helping grow the brand. I mean, I love um, seeing all the people that we have uh, that listen to and enjoy what we do right now. So um, just very and blessed course, and hope we continue to build. Yep, and, of course, be on the lookout for Mr. S's picks as well as Sebastian's pick later this week. I'm pretty sure Sebastian still only has one loss on the season. So that dog is who you listen to to go to Vegas, even above Mr. S, who is does have a winning record now. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to say what you don't like, Mr. S. I promise you that. But we are going to what, end... He doesn't want you to say that you that he went 0-6, right? Is that what it was? Yes. That's, that's what this... you're talking about, though. The, yes, the one, is... the, he doesn't want you to bring up that he went 0-6. Was that it? Yes, he started the season that way, but he has come firing back. But we are going to end it on the high note this week. Get ready for the Monday night game. It's going to be a long weekend because of it. Get, we're in the home stretch, everybody, and the Dolphins have already outperformed their December performance from last year. For Jordan and Zach, my name is Brett. We are The List, and we are watching. Zach, hit that music. <laughs>